0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen. I trust you're all doing well and that the hand of the Lord is upon you and um, we are talking about um, the Holy Ghost and his gifts and we'll continue on that. But before uh, I go into the lesson, let me share a testimony with you. Uh, This is from a few years ago. I was here in the United States. I was preaching in a church. And the pastor who I was with, he took me out to dinner one night, and he said, uh, "Brother, there's a there's a pastor here in in town. He's from Europe, and uh, uh, he's planted a church here. He's a good guy, got a good ministry." And I would, uh, I also invited him for dinner. So, do you mind if he joins along? I said, "No, no problem." So anyway, we went to the restaurant, and I met this uh, gentleman, and. Uh, He had a powerful ministry. God was using him mightily, and uh, so we shook hands and we exchanged some pleasantries and we began to talk. And then this brother, this European brother, he said to me, he said, uh, he said, Brother Christopher, did you ever visit? And he mentioned a certain city in Europe. I said, yeah, I've been there, but I preached there only once. And that was many, many years ago, uh, close to, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago. Uh, I was still living in Sweden then. I said. I went there only once and I did one service. He said, Do you remember that when you were preaching, there was a young man who began to manifest demons and you uh, interrupted your preaching and you jumped off the platform and you jumped over four pews. You actually ran on the pews and then you threw yourself uh, on this uh, young guy who was manifesting demons and you cast the devil out of him and he was very violent. I said, Yeah, I have a. Recollection of that, I said, you know, when I was young, I was pretty wild. I could if there was ever a demon possessed person in my meeting, I would jump right at them and he said, you know, that guy got free. I said, Yeah, yeah, I I have a recollection of that. He says, That man was me. I said, Really? He said, Yeah, that was me. I was demon possessed, I was set free. I was saved. I was, and uh, God changed my life, and now I'm in the ministry. And you know, you know, I thought of that. I I had forgotten all about it. And He kind of reminded me then; the recollection came back to me. But that that is the power of the gospel, my friends. That is why you know. I looked at that man, and I thought that is why I preach the gospel. It's because of people like this people who were tormented by the devil, but Jesus comes and sets them free and washes them in his blood and anoints them and sends them out to preach the gospel. And today that man is a pastor and, uh, you know, preaching the gospel. Praise God. Anyway, I just want to share the story with you. But now what we were talking about yesterday was, uh, I was talking about uh, Jesus' promise, Jesus' promise of the Holy Ghost. And the interesting thing is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tied to the great commission or let me put it this way the promise that jesus made of the holy spirit you shall receive power uh, so uh, and the holy ghost shall come up when the holy ghost shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses so the holy ghost coming upon us and res- us receiving power and we being his witnesses to the ends of the earth these things are tied together in other words the baptism of the holy spirit is inseparable from the great commission to preach the gospel to every creature the anointing and the commission go hand in hand and we see another example of this uh, in the old testament now this is an interesting story about how the anointing follows the great commission the commission and first kings chapter 19 verses 15 and 16 now, this is Elijah. God is speaking to the prophet Elijah. And the Lord said unto him, Go return in thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shapheth of Abel-Meholah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So God spoke to the prophet Elijah and told Elijah, Elijah, this is what you're going to do. You're going to anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. Then you're going to anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And then you're going to anoint Elisha to be prophet after you. But if you read the life of Elijah, you'll see that he never anointed Hazael to be king over Syria. He never anointed Jehu to be king over Israel. He did only one of these three things and that was to anoint Elisha to be prophet after him but what happened was that when Elijah was taken up to heaven and he left his mantle with Elisha and Elisha inherited the mantle of Elijah when Elisha inherited the mantle of Elijah he not only inherited the mantle of Elijah but he also inherited all of Elijah's unfinished business so Elisha was the one who anointed Hazel to be king over Syria and Jehu to be king over Israel. Although God had told Elijah to do it, but Elijah couldn't do it in his lifetime. So when the mantle passed on to Elisha, Elisha did what God had told Elijah to do. In other words, the anointing always go hand in hand with the commission. When we inherit the mantle, we also inherit the unfinished business of the one who gives us the mantle. Jesus told his disciples, as the father has sent me, so send I you. And he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And the disciples went out and preached the gospel. And then they passed on. And you see the past 2000 years, that mantle, that anointing has been passed on from generation to generation to generation. And today it is in our hands. But When we inherited that mantle, the anointing, what we have received is the same Holy Ghost that came down on the day of Pentecost. It's not a made in China imitation. It is the very same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost. We came down with fire and we have inherited that very same mantle, the same Holy Ghost, but in doing so, we have also inherited the unfinished task of preaching the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at Mark, uh, Mark 16 verses 15 to 20, you know, Jesus told that Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and uh, uh, and he that believes and is baptized shall be saved he that believes not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe then he elaborated the, the, the signs that would follow them uh, in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover and then it says here verse 19 So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And verse 20 says, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now this is interesting. Do you know that historians estimate that it was about 10 years that elapsed between verse 19 and verse 20, because Jesus after he had spoken to them, he was received unto heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And verse 20 says, they went forth. They didn't go forth immediately. It was about 10 years because those 10 years, they were sitting in Jerusalem. And what took them to get out into the mandate that Jesus had given them was persecution. When persecution came against the church and the disciples had, the apostles of Jesus had to flee and they fled And that is when they went everywhere and they preached everywhere. And as they went, the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. In other words, they had been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the signs were already waiting to happen. The only thing that lacked was them going everywhere and preaching. But they didn't go. It was persecution that pushed them out and they went. And once they went... That was when the church literally exploded all over the world. And uh, you see those apostles of Jesus. I mean, they went, some of them went thousands of miles away. Thomas, he went to India. I mean, people went, they went all over the known world of that time preaching the gospel. But it took persecution to get the church out of Jerusalem. Now, let us, uh, let us, let me show you this. Let us Look at Acts chapter 2. Now, this is when the Holy Ghost actually came down. The baptism, I call it the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Acts 2 verse 11. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. So that means they were all there in one place and the day of Pentecost had fully come. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house they were sitting. Now, It came suddenly, but the suddenlies of God only come when people are seeking God. The suddenlies uh, don't come and you just, it doesn't say they were watching TV, eating potato chips and suddenly, no, they were praying, waiting for the promises of the Father. It is when you wait with expectancy and faith, that is when the suddenlies come. The suddenly was not in that it just took them by surprise, no, The suddenly was the timing of it, but the expectancy of it was already there. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all, there were 120 in the upper room, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 120 were there, and 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody was left out. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That means they began to uh, speak tongues here means languages. They began to speak in, uh, you know, they spoke Aramaic. But they were going to speak all these other languages which were not Aramaic as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now they... They were speaking all these language that they languages that they did not know because the Holy Spirit gave them utterance Now I speak a number of languages I can preach in two I can preach in Swedish and English and then I know enough Norwegian to get by I, I can uh, I, I know Urdu Bengali, Hindi, Punjabi I know bits and pieces of Arabic and I know enough uh, of uh, uh, you know You know French and German and Dutch and Spanish and Portuguese just enough to get by enough to fake it you know you throw me in one of those countries I know enough to get by I understand but I'm not fluent and conversant but I I, I know enough no but these are things I know in the natural but then there are languages I don't know but uh, for example I was in a prayer meeting once and I was praying and there was a missionary on his knees next to me he looked at me he was from Tanzania he said brother you were praying in Swahili and I said oh I, I didn't know I was praying in Swahili. I didn't even know what Swahili Swahili sounded like. And then uh, another time there was a family there from former Yugoslavia. And uh, and, I, 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 you know, and, and I, I was praying in tongues. And they told me, you were, you were praying in beautiful Serbo-Croatian. And you prayed. The lady said, you prayed for me, prayed for my husband. And you prayed in Serbo-Croatian. And you prayed for me and my husband by name. And I didn't know Serbo-Croatian. I didn't even know how, what it sounded like. I still don't know. But that was the Holy Ghost. Another time, somebody told me I prayed in Finnish. and uh, I remember I was uh, uh, in, 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 in a country in Asia with a friend of mine. Guy's name is Hokan Gabrielsson, an old friend of mine, a Swedish guy, got a tremendous, powerful ministry in Asia. And, and we were holding a seminar for pastors. Uh, and 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 Hukan was preaching, and suddenly he began to speak in tongues, and it was in a local language. Which uh, there were some pastors from that area; they understood everything he said, and he was prophesying over them, uh, reading their mail, so as to say, in their language. And he had no idea that he was doing this. And uh, you know, another time I was doing a uh, I was doing a crusade in Lubumbashi in. In, in Congo and uh, I remember on the last night when we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit there were all these people there thousands of people and when the, I told the people raise up your hands and the Holy Ghost is going to fall when the Holy Ghost fell there was this uneducated old uh, Congolese African lady in front of me she as the people began to speak in other tongues and people began to shout I heard someone a woman praying in Swedish praising god in swedish and i opened my eyes it was this old lady and she was saying and she was like praising god in beautiful perfect swedish as we would say i mean beautiful swedish that's the holy ghost the holy ghost does these things so praying in other tongues these are supernaturally when the holy ghost comes he gives you the ability to worship God in other languages, languages that you don't know in the natural. That's what tongues is all about. And I've experienced it and I have many, many friends. I've got other friends who have experienced it on the missions field, speaking in other languages, but it is as the spirit gives them utterance. You can't fake it. You can't make like fake Chinese and fake French and trying to copy the accent and think that is the Holy Ghost. That is not the Holy Ghost, that is flesh. But when the Holy Ghost comes, you don't know that wow that you are actually speaking another language to you it sounds like nothing because you don't know it but the Holy Ghost gives us the utterance and we speak it so that's what was happening and there were in Jerusalem Jews devout men of every nation under heaven because at Passover all these Jews used to come from every nation and they used to come to worship in Jerusalem and they were all there and uh, and, and 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 they heard. It says verse six, and they were confounded. You know, they used to stay over for the feast of Pentecost. They used to come for Passover, and those who could afford it would stay over for Pentecost. And it says they were confounded. They were amazed because at every man heard them speak in his own language. So these were Jews from other nations, and they spoke. host of other languages and all of them heard the praises of God being spoken in their own language and they were amazed and they were all amazed and marveled in verse seven saying one another behold are not all these which all these which speak Galileans now the Galileans were kind of you know less educated rural people from the shores of Galilee they were generally fishermen and they, they were not the eloquent educated types and said These people praising God in our languages, aren't they ordinary people from Galilee? And verse 8, and how do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And then they list 18 different nations and regions uh, uh, from, you know, whose languages they heard that day there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and Mesopotamia, which is Iraq, present Iraq, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus Asia, which is Turkey, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt, parts of Libya about Cyrene, strangers of Rome. Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. So there was Arabic, there was Greek. There were there were eighteen, at least eighteen different languages, or or languages from eighteen different nations and regions, which were being which were being spoken on the day of Pentecost. So that was. That was powerful because the Holy Ghost came and that was actually in a way the sign. It says tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. So that the fact that uh, the that the praise of God were being declared in in languages spoken in 18 different nations and regions by uneducated Galilean fishermen who didn't have never been anywhere. I mean, that, you know, and they were doing it as the Holy Spirit moved upon them and gave them utterance. That is what got everybody's attention. That was the miracle that day. They declared the praises of God in other languages hallelujah and now you know i'm going to talk more about that later on about speaking in tongues and the bible talks about the tongues of uh, men and the tongues of angels and there's tongues we understand you know i can i if i spoke in tongues in swahili someone from kenya tanzania uganda would understand me but then there are tongues of angels which no one understands so one thing i would say never criticize anyone who speaks in tongues and never stop anyone who speaks in tongues in your service because even if there's no interpretation he could be speaking in a tongue that could be carrying a message from for somebody who is from another nation who happens to be in your church at that time i have seen that happen so that is why it's very important we don't quench the holy spirit that we don't devalue that we don't degrade the speaking of other tongues by making fun of it or just calling it gibberish it is not gibberish it is the first manifestation of the holy spirit on the day of pentecost it was the first gift that was given to the church the gift of speaking in other tongues and it is the doorway to all the other gifts and i praise god i was baptized with the holy spirit 40 years ago and i pray in tongues every single day of my life. I've never gone a day when I don't pray in tongues and praise the Lord for it. Amen. So anyway, so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came and he came with this manifestation of speaking in other tongues. Now, I must point out three things here uh, from these verses. The first thing was, it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost means the 50th day. It means the 50th day after Passover. The biggest Feast of the Jews was the Feast of Passover and uh, that was when they remembered when Moses led the people out of Egypt. And the Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost was the next Feast after that. It was on the 50th day that was called Pentecost is the 50th day. Now, the Feast of Pentecost remembered two things. Firstly, The Feast of Pentecost remembered the completion of the law given to Moses because it remembered the, it commemorated when the law, uh, when the, when the law was complete, when God gave gave the complete law to Moses for the people of Israel. But the main thing about Pentecost was that Pentecost was the Feast of the Harvest, of the Harvest, and that is on the... And, and this is what happened. This is what the Bible says. Now I'm giving you my version, my paraphrase, that on the day of Pentecost, the people, uh, you know, who had been there for Passover, Jews from all over the world, they would gather at the gates of the temple. And then the priest early in the morning, he would get out with a sickle and he would go outside the gate and he would harvest some wheat and they would come. He would come back bearing the sheep. And that was the first harvest. You know, that was the first fruit and there was the first fruit of the harvest. So he'd bring in, then he he would beat the grain out and they would grind it into flour. And with that flour, he would bake some bread. Now, but this bread that was baked, this is significant, that was baked on Pentecost was made of leavened bread. That means bread with yeast. Now, the bread that was, the, uh, that was baked at Passover, was baked was unleavened bread so the bread of Passover was without yeast without leaven but the bread of Pentecost was baked with leaven with yeast and I'll explain to you why then he would make bake the bread and all these people are gathered and they can smell the bread baking then the priest comes with the loaves of two loaves of bread and then he stands before the people and he offers up the bread as a wave offer unto the Lord now At Passover, Jesus took unleavened bread. Now, leaven or yeast signifies the corruption and the sinful nature of man. That's what it means. Uh, Leaven, whenever the Bible talks about leaven or yeast, it talks about the, the, the sinful and the corrupt nature of man. So when Jesus offered them bread at Passover, that was unleavened bread. That was bread that was without the sin of man in it that was pure that was the pure holy perfect Christ giving himself to man that is why he said take this and eat this bread for this is my body so the bread that was offered at Passover was God giving himself to man it was unleavened bread the pure holy son of God giving himself to man but The bread that was baked at Pentecost was baked with yeast because that bread was representative of man giving himself and the fruit of his labor unto God. Because that, you see that uh, bread was baked of grain that was from the fields where people had labored and that bread was baked with yeast because it represented the corrupted nature of man. And the priest represented men before God. So when he offered that loaf, those two loaves up to God, he was, it was man giving himself in his, in his own human nature to God, if you get that. So at the bread at passover was the pure perfect holy son of god giving himself to man take eat and at pentecost that bread was offered up to god as a wave offering it was man giving himself up to god And the Bible says, tells us that we should offer ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God. And when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices unto God, that is when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Because in the Bible, the fire never fell on a dry altar. It always fell on an altar where there was a sacrifice. And so... And I believe that as the priests began to wave that bread before God as a wave offering unto the Lord out in the upper room, not far away from there, at uh, the fire, the first flames of fire began to fall and tongues of fire came down upon the disciples. And as the tongues of fire came down upon the disciples, they began to pray in other tongues. And I like to put it this way. Tongues of fire came down, but tongues of praises went up. Hallelujah. Tongues of fire came down from heaven to the earth, but tongues of praise and worship arose from the earth to the heavens. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to uh, worship and declare the praises of God in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and that is what happened on that wonderful day, the day of Pentecost and that was the day the church was born. And we will share more uh, tomorrow, but let us bow our heads and pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this, I ask you that they be strengthened in their faith, strengthened in their love for you. Father, you said that you bless our food and water and turn every sickness away from us. You said that you bless the labor of our hands. So I pray for health and long life and blessing upon every family, Father, every home in the name of Jesus. I curse every sickness, disease, infirmity in Jesus name. And Father, I ask you for financial blessing and blessings upon their families and great peace in their hearts, Father. Meet every need, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, for all things, we give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, good people. Serve the Lord with gladness of heart, and we will be seeing you again tomorrow.